The Holy Gospel according to John, the 13th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Now before the festival of the Passover, Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart from this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The devil had already put it into the heart of Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray him. And during supper, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going to God, got up from the table, took off his outer robe, and tied a towel around himself. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that is tied around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus answered, You do not know now what I am doing, but later you will understand. Peter said to him, You will never wash my feet. Jesus answered, Unless I wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not only my feet, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, One who has bathed does not need to wash except for the feet, but is entirely clean. And you are clean, though not all of you. For he knew who was to betray him. For this reason he said, Not all of you are clean. After he had washed their feet, had put on his robe, and had returned to the table, he said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for that is what I am. So if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have set you an example that you also should do as I have done to you. Very truly I tell you, servants are not greater than their master, nor are messengers greater than the one who sent them. If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. Now the Son of Man has been glorified, and God has been glorified in him. If God has been glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself, and will glorify him at once. Little children, I am with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and as I said to the Jews, so now I say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. I give you a new commandment, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Dear friends in Christ, grace and peace to you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Holy Week started on Palm Sunday as Jesus triumphantly entered Jerusalem. A very large crowd had gathered and they shouted, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. Tomorrow, we will encounter another crowd. And perhaps some of the same people who shouted Hosanna days before will now be shouting, Crucify Him. 
Trust me, the irony of the crowds is not lost as we practice social distancing. But tonight, on Monday, Thursday, the scene is far more intimate. There are no crowds. Rather, it is Jesus with his disciples gathered around the table. And in that moment, things suddenly change. No more words. Just a deafening silence as Jesus got up from the table, took off his outer robe, and tied a towel around himself. Then he poured water into a basin, knelt before each disciple, and began to wash their feet and wipe them with the towel that was tied around him. Upon returning to the table, he broke the silence and said, I give you a new commandment, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. As Jesus stands in the shadow of the cross, we come to this beautiful and moving part of Scripture Jesus performs the very duty of a slave and washes the feet of his disciples. The very act of his humbling himself to those around him would have certainly caught them off guard and left them all scratching their head. You just don't lower yourself to the lowest of the low. And yet Jesus did out of a deep abundance of love and compassion. In the very intimacy and vulnerability of the foot washing, Jesus speaks as one who will depart and commands his disciples with word and deeds to love and serve one another. After all, the very nature of love in its purest form is that it serves. Each year when the image of the wash basin and towel come into focus on Monday, Thursday, I can't help but wonder how we hear this story today. I mean, let's be honest, when is the last time that you knelt down and washed the feet of another person? When did you last wash the feet of a visitor who came to your home? The ritual of foot washing at church on Monday, Thursday, often walks a fine line between the sacred and a simple pedicure. In my experience, most people don't want to have their feet washed because it's awkward, it's different, it's vulnerable. People tend to think of their feet as unsightly. And those who do participate in the foot washing usually wash their feet beforehand a sort of pre-wash before they come to have them washed during the service. Then there are those people, like me, who cringe at the very thought of another person unwrapping and touching their feet. Personally, I prefer to keep my shoes and socks on, neatly wrapped and presented to the world safely in the confines of my shoes. But in the first century world, People came just as they were, 
with sore, dusty, and dirty feet, with all of their unsightly characteristics that simply needed to be washed. Having your feet washed after traveling by foot was just second nature, and imagine how good it must have felt after a long day's journey. Furthermore, what Jesus is teaching here has more to do with humility and service than it has to do with actual cleansing. No servant is greater than his master, nor are messengers greater than the one who sent them, he tells us. So how do we hear this story today? Do we actually hear it or do we simply dismiss it because we don't have a wash basin and a towel ready and waiting for whoever walks into our home? How is this story relevant to us today? Especially in the midst of this unprecedented pandemic where social distancing and daily reports have become a new way of life. Is there such a thing? as modern-day foot washing, where, like Jesus, we can wash the feet of those around us with humility, with love, compassion, and care. I think there is. Today, right here, right now, we wash the feet of those around us when we truly live out our faith in our everyday lives, even from home in the things we say and do. We wash the feet of those around us when we give voice to those who have none, when we comfort those who are hurting, those who are ill, who are grieving, and who are alone. We wash the feet of those around us when we walk with those who are depressed, anxious, fearful, addicted, and lost. We wash the feet of those around us when we truly see those who are homeless and hungry, providing them with food, shelter, and clothing. We wash the feet of those around us when we reach out to see how our neighbors, our friends, our families are doing in the midst of isolation. We wash the feet of those around us when we humbly serve one another, caring for all of God's people and all of God's creation in new and creative ways. The story is more than about foot washing. The story is a beautiful reminder, especially today, of how Jesus enters into the messiness of our lives and in all honesty, it's pretty messy right now. And meets us wherever we are. Not only in the joys, but in the questioning, the sorrow, the uncertainty, and the struggle of a new normal. Jesus is there with our children and adolescents as they long to be with their friends at school, at music, at drama, at sports, at church, and in the community. Jesus is there with those who are sick and those on the front lines caring for them and those supporting them in their caring. 
Jesus is there with those who have been furloughed or have had their hours cut. Jesus is there with business owners who have had to make those difficult and heartbreaking decisions. Jesus is there with educators directing distance learning and with the students and the parents learning together in the process. Jesus is there, fill in the blank, with whatever you are feeling and experiencing today, Jesus is there. And Jesus is there as we long for the day when we can all gather again face to face in worship, in service, in care, and in life-giving community as God intended here at St. Philip the Deacon and throughout the world. After all, from the very beginning, you and I were created in God's image to be in relationship with God and with one another. So what we are living today is antithetical to who God created us to be. We are made for each other. And when we are together, that is when we and the church are at its best. And that day will come again. 20th century pastor, theologian, and martyr Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who was executed by the Nazis on this date, in 1945, wrote this in his letters and papers from prison. The church is the church only when it exists for others, not dominating, but helping and serving. It must tell men and women of every calling what it means to live for Christ, to exist for others. This is central to our identity, our purpose, and our faith as Christians. It is not about us as individuals, but rather about our relationship with God and with one another. One of the ways we experience this is around the table, sharing in a meal of bread and wine. So just as Jesus did with his disciples at the Last Supper almost 2,000 years ago, tonight we too will share in a meal together, in community, with one another. In preparation for the sacrament of Holy Communion, and to emphasize the significance of this meal, some of you have prepared a table with linens and candles. Some of you have set aside a special plate and cup to hold the elements, the bread and the wine or the grape juice. And some of you have baked the bread that will be broken for you. It will certainly look and feel different than what we are accustomed to when we gather around the table here at St. Philip the Deacon. Nothing can or should replace that. But given the circumstances of our world and the significance of the Last Supper on Monday, Thursday, just before Jesus goes to the cross tonight, we gather as a community of faith around the table for a meal that is filled with promise, with love, grace, mercy, forgiveness, and life. We gather from homes here in Plymouth and the surrounding metro. 
We gather from homes around the country and around the world, knowing and trusting that God is there too, present with us and present in this meal. On this night, as we listen to and hear the story of Jesus washing the feet of his friends, and then gathers together from, and then gather together from our homes around the table for a meal of bread and wine, we are reminded that just as Jesus Christ humbled himself and kneeled to wash the feet of his disciples, we too are called to love one another, to be a community to those who are alone searching, hungry, or hurting. We are to give courage to those who are afraid, and we are to be a blessing to those who long for hope and healing, whether in the midst of a pandemic or just in the midst of life. When we do this, we wash away the dirt and despair of life and replace it with hope, love, and promise of Christ Jesus. May God give us the courage to face these days not with fear, but with compassion, concern, acts of love and service, knowing and trusting that God is with us always. Let it be so. Amen.